What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 1025 Podcast. This is episode 18. I'm Jordan, along with Kristen and Ayana, and we have two topics to talk about today. And the first one, we're going to be talking about the over-sexualization of female child stars. Now, I'm sure we all grew up on Nickelodeon and Disney Channel, where they feature a lot of younger, uh, very prominent female you know, protagonists. For example, Miley Cyrus, Raven Simone even to an extent, Britney Spears. And over the years, they've been, they've, their careers have been kind of divisive among many communities, you know. And uh, I'm about to pull up this article. Now, this article comes from Hello Giggles. And it states that child stars have always been exploited, and we're finally talking about it. The sexualization of young, famous women is not new, nor has it gone anywhere. As former child star Mara Wilson, we all know her from uh, Matilda, wrote in a February 2023, whoa, whoa, not 2023, a February 23rd opinion essay for the New York Times, our culture builds famous girls up just to destroy them. She, oh, fuck. And basically, she just goes around saying, you know, when you're a young woman in the entertainment industry, it's a very weird process when it comes to not only growing up, but still but maturing as a woman, basically. So, Kristen and Ayanna, I want to ask you guys, growing up, did you always find it weird when a child star, you know, comes into their own? Did you find it a little bit weird? It's like, okay, I know you for a specific thing. But this, you know what I'm saying? This is kind of like divisive among many. Cause like, I remember when Miley Cyrus came back with the, we can't stop thing where she was doing hip hop and twerking and all that. I was like, the hell is this? What are y'all's thoughts? Um, I think it is a little surprising to like, cause I feel, I feel like I kind of almost grew up with these stars. Like, one person that I always think about in terms of like things like this is like Ariana Grande. She was kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily around the same age that we were, but like, I felt like we were close enough in age for me to like see her grow up and into, you know, the person she's become, the music she makes and everything. And it's so crazy to see her like, like seeing her in her dangerous woman era was something super surprising for me. I was like, man, I used to watch you on, you know, I used to watch you on Victorious and when Sam and Cat came out for a little bit of time and even that one Nickelodeon movie like a while ago. I like it's seeing seeing how these stars grow up after taking on such fond childhood roles that I, you know, think about now. It's just, I wouldn't necessarily say it makes me feel weird, but it's just amazing to see how, like, how much, you know, going into an industry and really growing up in it can change a person and how they really present themselves. Because Ariana Grande and Miley Cyrus's, I guess, debut outside of their childhood roles were completely different. Miley Cyrus came back from Hannah Montana super wild and crazy and just all over the place. No one could really, you know, put a handle on her, but 
I feel like Ariana Grande, even though she's definitely matured since Victorious, she still has that bit of, you know, like childish innocence to her where she's not necessarily, I'm not sure if this is the right word and I don't want to, you know, sound judgy about it, but she doesn't carry this raunchiness about her like a lot of the child child stars have done for themselves, like Amanda Bynes, yeah. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Um, like you said, Raven Simone. And it's it's crazy because I'm seeing how all these stars grew out of those roles and how they developed so differently. Yeah. It's definitely crazy. Yeah. Kristen? I think uh one thing that shocked the world was I'm Chloe and Holly when they split and everything. Yeah. It was like they're so sexual especially i believe it was chloe yeah was hate for it mm-hmm. but the is it's just like these people were bound to grow up at some point right right years ago they were singing beyonce covers now they're you know on stage exactly and that's the kind of thing that really frustrates me about this whole conversation is that Whenever the topic comes about of child stars growing up and out of their childish ways or their childish roles, people can't comprehend that people grow up. You know, they mature, they come out of that phase and they want to be the adults that they are. And for people to, to, like I saw when Chloe and Hallie were first coming up and how much Chloe was being scrutinized yeah scrutinized to the to the maximum because of how sexual she was and and i think that stuff like that happens mostly to black women because we're this hyper these we're these hypersexual beings that you know shouldn't grow up too fast and someone's always checking out for us so we got to be careful and all that and it's it's it didn't seem fair to see so many people judging a grown adult for how she wanted to present herself. Right. I necessarily, I love, I love how she presents. I love how confident she is in herself and her music and her relationship with her sister and all that. And I love the person that she's become and she's able to own that. But it's just ridiculous to see people all over the media calling her all these disrespectful names and saying that she's too fast and she needs to calm down and she's too raunchy. And like you had Beyonce dancing to Crazy in Love and she met Jay Z at 15. That's not crazy to y'all. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, the the whole the hypersexualization of black women, that's a, a conversation that we might explore maybe in like a future episode but i'm glad that both of y'all bought up chloe bailey because most recently at the vma she did her debut performance of her debut single have mercy and i listened to it and i was saying okay this song is pretty cool you know has a cool little groove to it of course everyone being the internet always has something to say they were saying oh my god it's this is a an illuminati anthem and all that type stuff because you know ever since I think like what 2012 everybody thinks anything is Illuminati is Illuminati affiliated you know me eating a sandwich oh my god Jordan's a part of the Illuminati she was wearing like uh uh Chloe was wearing like this crown that kind of symbolized Medusa some people said and I was thinking I was thinking that's cool you know what I'm saying 
it's kind of like an opposite of um the character of medusa you know medusa was very much portrayed as like this very ugly person who if you look into her eyes she turned to stone but here this is chloe she's very beautiful and it's you're kind of in her trance or something like that but this also happens to other actors as well the hypersexualization a good example is scarlett johansson when she started off uh in one of my personal favorite films lost in translation the opening shot is literally her laying in bed in her underwear and i was thinking to myself she was like i think 17 when that film came out mm -hmm. and looking back i was like uh, y'all really sure about something like that and then in the film she kind of falls in love with bill murray who was a old grown-ass man when it came out like in his 40s or something so yeah and there are other child stars who have grown up and they've become mentally sort of damaged from the entertainment industry like shirley temple uh Ju judy garland of course from the wizard of oz and uh jeanette mccurdy who was played sam and i carly and she came out saying that like yeah i hate everything that i've done in the industry you know what i'm saying anything anybody who's worked with the producer dan schneider who you know, produce Zoe 101, iCarly, Victoria, Sam and Cat, all of those. They all also came out and said that he's a pretty weird type of dude. He's kind of like the equivalent. Yeah, he's like the equivalent of Harvey Weinstein, but with Nickelodeon. And mm -hmm. I'm just, yeah. And, there are and I think it's, it's really disappointing to see, you know, so like some of my favorite childhood actors and actresses coming out and, you know, I don't want to say that it like crushed my childhood or anything. It didn't ruin anything for me. Yeah. But it's just, it's just crazy to know that while, you know, I was sitting, enjoying all that stuff, like the things that were going on behind the scenes were just downright creepy and disgusting. Yeah. Everyone was so hyped for the iCarly reboot and you know i was too i was excited for it to come back it was one of my favorite shows of all time and hearing that jeanette mccurdy wasn't going to be a part of it i was really disappointed but i was glad that she was able to you know stand her ground and really you know make her mark on why she won't do it regardless of whether people want her to do it or it's nostalgic We're, we miss you we want to see you with sam yeah. again we, we love yeah. that dynamic but so many people expected her to put herself in an uncomfortable position whereas she she felt like doing that role would have put her in that place again and i completely understand why she wouldn't want to be a part of that yeah there are a lot of roles that can put an artist back into a place in their lives where it was a depressing time you know and there are other shows that kind of I don't want to say focus on it, but it has this like in your face type of quality where you can clearly tell, oh my God, these young women are being sexualized. I, I'm sure you guys have probably heard of this show called Dance Moms on Lifetime. <laughs> Essentially these 13, like 12, 13 year olds in these like dance pageants. I, I don't, I don't really know. I haven't really seen it, but I, I, watching the promotional stuff they dance very sexually and all that type of stuff and i'm like this is this ain't it and another example is a film that ashanti talked about in the earlier episodes of the since 25 podcast and that was the film cuties i, I oh, still haven't God. seen that 
I, heard I don't this. want to. I heard that it's absolutely horrible and no, nah, because I it's if awful. I try watching that, I might have to bleach my eyes while finishing. Yeah. But also, I I personally think that the rise of TikTok has also kind of propelled the hypersexualization of young women. I mean definitely. TikTok can take down a video about Black Lives Matter, but then in the same breath, they can keep up a video of a 14-year-old in a bikini twerking. It's like, keep the same energy. Why? Instead of... What did you say, Kristen? I said they don't want to. Right. They're trying to save their money because, you know, a lot of people think that Black Lives Matter, and we'll get to that in a few seconds. We do. Is you know it causes a lot of controversy and it's very controversial and polarizing. But a girl who I am, what I'm 26 years older than, twerking a bikini is like I don't want to watch this. What is wrong with you people? And see, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna lie. I spend a lot of my time on TikTok. They're funny videos, <laughs> and. I have come to realize that this whole conversation that a lot of women, grown women, 18 and older women have been talking about how, you know, they should be allowed to sexualize themselves without being scrutinized and demonized for it. You know, women's bodies aren't just for the male gaze. Sometimes we like to look good and feel good in our bodies. And it's spilled over into young girls who are, 14 to 17 years old thinking that narrative is for them too. And it's so, it's so crazy to see, I'll go to a girl's comments, you know, and see all of these people sexualizing her, talking about her body, talking about, you know, how good she looks, how her thing was thanging, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay. And then I'll, you know, go to her page and look for some more videos and she's 16. So Ah. I'm like, you guys are comfortable with sexualizing this literal child? That's crazy. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I'm about to show y'all a quick example of what I mean by this. Okay. Now this girl is, her name is Asia Monet and she's on that show, Dance Moms, that I mentioned, right? Uh, Here she is when she was on the show, right? You know, an adorable little girl, right? Here she is now. I know this isn't like the best image. Guess how old she is? She's 15. Oh, no. 15. I'm 20 years old, about to be 21 in October, and she's 15. What the? Like, wow. It's like, like, I understand self-expression is important for those developmental years and being able to express yourself in however you see fit and what you think is best for you. But when it comes to young girls like that, who are purposefully showing their bodies and thinking that, you know, any attention is good attention, that stuff scares me because now, you know, we're getting into this conversation about how people should start an OnlyFans and how, you know, you can make quick money that way. And they're not even explaining to these young girls how difficult that kind of lifestyle actually is. You have to maintain that for probably maybe the rest of your life, because after you do that, your, your face and your body is out there. Anybody can only fans and post it somewhere else. And 
it's not something that I necessarily discourage. If you want to live that kind of lifestyle when you're an adult, by all means, have fun, go at it. But advertising this kind of stuff to young girls and and, and unintentionally, I should say, encouraging them to you know, show off their bodies because they should feel comfortable in them isn't the right way to go about it. Yeah. It's damaging a lot of these young girls and how they see that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and real quick, uh, my fault, Asia Monet is actually 16. She was born in 2005, which that's still, that's bad. I'm five years older than this chick. Like, damn. But, uh, yeah. But it's- dance industry, like, in dance, gymnastics, cheer, like, I grew up doing that, and I know they definitely age you a whole lot quicker. Because, like, you have to look like your competition, and your competition is older people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these, you know, child stars, and like Ayana was mentioning, when it comes to OnlyFans, yeah, that could be, I mean, that was, a lot of people consider that a reliable income when COVID happened, but it's like now, imagine applying for a job and they do the little background check and it's like, and it's like, oh, this chick had a, an OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah, you're not getting hired. Like, that that's just me personally. Like, if I was the person holding the interview, it's like, I don't want one of my employees to be on at a website with a feet and fucking peanut butter and shit. And that's like, oh, I'm gonna shut the hell up now. Any final thoughts on this first topic? It's, I am, I feel like it's not my place because I am only 20 years old. I kind of just got out of that whole childishness phase and I'm still maturing now, but I am still very concerned for this next generation of young girls who are really coming into themselves. And it feels like they're being pushed out into the real world instead of being allowed to just be little girls, little children who, you know, like to play dress up and like to do this and like to do that with their friends, not necessarily focusing on how they're going to make money the quickest with their body because it's marketable. Exactly. Kristen? I agree. I think this generation is growing up way too quickly. Sure is. Yeah. And yeah, it, it definitely is growing really too quick. Cause I remember when I was in middle school, I was like, man, I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to move out of my mom's house and all that. I'm in here and I'm like, well, damn, I wish I was fucking 14 again. But anyway, so now we're going to be moving on to our next topic. And this next topic is in relation to the Met Gala, the most recent Met Gala. The Met Gala is usually an event that I don't understand really the hype around. I usually, and I joked about this with my uh, aunt, I said that the Met Gala is essentially the Halloween for rich people because they basically, they go with, they they come to these events with these overly crazy and over the top, you know, outfits. And I'm just like, what's the, what's the point of that? But there has been some, where's my cursor at? There has been some controversy over the past few weeks, and it is in regard to the absurdity that is the Met Gala, an event that raised more than a few million for the museum. BLM protesters found themselves tackled to the ground and arrested just outside. So essentially, what happened was a group of Black Lives Matter protesters. There, they're, they're kind of against the the Met Gala, right? Because it's like, okay, 
you're paying $35,000 for a ticket. Why? You know what I'm saying? You could be, you could take that money and you could put it elsewhere, put it in a community and, you know, build a playground or something like that for, you know, young people. Why is it, why are you paying that much money for an event where most of the outfits y'all look kind of stupid? Like there was one, I'm going to stop this share. Like I, I made a joke on Instagram where I compared ASAP Rocky and Rihanna's fit to Thanos and Lady Death from Avengers. Cause it was just so like, what the hell is this? Or like ASAP Rocky was built like a bowl of Captain Crunch cereal. It's like, it's insane. But the main person behind this whole process is this young lady right here. I'm going to share this one last time. And her name is Ella Dior. And it states, as a unified community, it's our responsibility to hold each and every person, despite their status, accountable. And I agree with this quote. I 100%, I 100% agree with this quote. Just because you have this higher uh, status in society doesn't mean that you can't talk about the issues that are happening, you know, that are still happening, like police brutality, you know, uh, trans lives being taken. You know, I think in one of her videos, she said that I think 33 uh, African-American trans women were murdered, and those were the only ones that were recorded. So I want to ask you guys, in regards to this whole Met Gala controversy and Ella Dior's statements, what are your thoughts on the idea of a high-ranking member of society, if you will, not really caring about what happens in, you know, like our cities and our communities, and instead caring about, oh, let me wear a dress that says tax the rich on the back of it. And that's not really doing anything. It's kind of hypocritical. What are y'all's thoughts? Um, I think the Met Gala is really stupid, honestly. I think all of these glorifications of, you know, these designer brands who take advantage of third world countries and, you know, brown and black people and our culture I think it's really, it's not that surprising to be honest, because I I recently learned um, that for the most part, these celebrities don't pay for their tickets. They get invited by whatever brand bought the table for them. A table might be around 10,000 to $600,000. And a brand will handpick who they want to represent their, I guess, name at the Met Gala. And it's literally like you said, a Halloween fashion show for rich people. And it's, it's crazy because like, you have these, these brands like Fendi and Gucci and Louis Vuitton and all the other ones that I can't even think of right now who right now are probably exploiting brown and black people to make those products. And then they turn around and invite like maybe three or four of them to the Met Gala, which is one of the biggest and longest running things in America. That yeah. the Met Gala has been going on for a long time. Yep. And I never understood it. I never understood why it was even a thing. And it's even more crazy in this kind of climate when things are, you know, you've got Asian hate going on. People are still being killed by the police. Brown people are still being targeted in the streets every single day. And now in the wake of a new Delta variant, 
for COVID-19, a lot more Asian people are being targeted again, just like around this time last year. And, you know, nobody's talking about it. Instead, you've got yeah. AOC showing up to the Met Gala wearing tax the rich when she is the rich. Yeah. You are the rich. You're in that caliber. You're literally a member of Congress. And I'm not going to say that she's a part of the 1%, but that's really hypocritical for you to allow yourself to, in my opinion, be exploited by these brands just to go there and say tax the rich. Why don't you go propose some policies or something? Why don't you take your hand at Congress and say, hey, this is what I think should be going on. You guys are really going about it the wrong way, whatever the case may be. And I completely understand she doesn't have that much power, but it's just, it's daunting to me to know that somebody can just be that bold. Yeah. If I was of her caliber, if I was a member of Congress and I got invited to the Met Gala, I probably wouldn't even go. Yeah. Because what do I have to do with the Met Gala? There are way more important things that I could be focusing on than going to play dress up at a fashion show. That's and, ridiculous. And and wear outfits that look absolutely insane. Exactly. Like, and I will admit some people, some people do look good. Some people, you know, have beautiful dresses on or they have nice tailored suits on or whatever it is that they come in. But to me, that's not the point. Yeah, I don't think that it should matter how beautiful a person looks if you're not doing anything to better the society that you're living in. Right. It literally does not make any sense for me for a brand to spend millions of dollars on the Met Gala for people to just put some clothes on. And then for people to just judge their outfits, like I was going through Instagram when these were happening and the memes that I saw were absolutely mm -hmm. hilarious. I saw one that said that Kim Kardashian was built like an Enderman from Minecraft. The, you know, the big black thing giving the sleeping sleep paralysis demon energy. I saw one where they said that Lil Nas X was giving anime villain uh thing where it's like one villain looks like this and then they evolve to another form then they evolve to another form yeah nah if i went if i got invited to the met gala first of all anything that i would wear i'd probably look dumb as hell in and two i would probably get flamed by everybody that i know but Kristen, and what some are your people thoughts? who attend i'm sorry some people who attend the met gala do you know participate in helping their you know environment or their community i know rihanna's been a philanthropist since she moved here and she started really making a way for herself she's always been you know very active in her community for about for barbados and for the caribbean as a whole to be honest and so i know that there are some people who do participate in things like the met gala who also help their community and the people around them. But I just think that it's really a waste of time and money to hold this big old event that only lasts four hours just for people to show off their new design or something. And stuff that you're not pro you probably not even gonna wear anymore. Exactly. But yeah, Kristen, what are your thoughts? But I found it really tasteless that some people were taking the time to be performative activists while people like Ella were out here protesting against police brutality and everything, and their main message was, this should never happen again. Right. Like, this is supposed to be normal. 
It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And yeah. I think how all of those people out there were being treated while while that was going on. Like that is just so crazy to me. People like Ella are out every single day trying to fight for their people and, you know, really achieve the rights that they deserve and the equality that they deserve. And instead they're met with more brutality in order to protect the Met Gala. Yeah. Like, like they think somebody going to come in there and attack one of the celebrities. Like is, are, are those million dollar dresses really that much more important than people's lives absolutely not right but yeah y'all honestly and it's like i said i think in episode 12 or something conflict is gonna always drop the world sadly you know what i'm saying apparently many people they care more about a freaking million dollar dress or a million dollar chain more than a person's life you know that's the sad thing about this world is that we we thrive so much on materialistic items items that really don't mean jack squatting in you know absolutely crazy and all of these american traditions that go on annually just don't really make any sense to me i don't get the point of award shows like yeah in its entirety I'm not sure why, because it it feels like every single time I watch them, they don't do it for the actual talent that they say that they're awarding. They're doing it for notoriety or for recognition. Or the most popular, you know. Exactly. I remember that time where Leonardo DiCaprio didn't have an Oscar and he had a plethora of great roles and it took him the revenant for them to give him an Oscar. Uh, a film there where he didn't really speak that much, you know, dialogue exactly. in. Like me personally, I would have gave it to him for Wolf of Wall Street, you know. That was but... a great performance from him. Either that or The Great Gatsby. Literally anything before The Revenant. That yeah. movie to me wasn't the greatest so much so that it divert- deserved an Oscar compared to everything else he's been in. Yeah. And things like the Grammys where, you know, you've you've got all of these different artists and singers coming together and it's like they award, in my opinion, it's like they award the wrong people. They award the same for every time. Yeah. And there are and not, there's not enough diversity at all. Ever. And whenever they say that there is, they still give it to somebody else. You can have a category full of brown and black people and a white person will still get the award. Yeah. I don't even remember which award Justin Bieber won um, at this past VMAs, but it was for some song I had never even heard of. Uh, speaking on the Grammys, like, cause I remember like when the weekend got snubbed from all the whole show, I'm thinking to myself, this dude gave pretty much one of his best albums in after hours, mm-hmm. but you, Instead of nominating uh, Blinding Lights, you nominated Yummy by Justin fucking Beaver, which is, like, the song is garbage to me personally. Like, and some, it feels like some awards are solely based upon views yeah, and how many people really watched it. 
And I think that's also one of my big irks about, you know, these kinds of award shows, because I know from personal experience that people hate watch stuff. People yeah. watch it just to hate it. They watch. watch it just so they can talk bad about it and so that they can dislike it and, you know, say, I experienced that and I really didn't like the experience. I want my time back. I do that right. with movies sometimes, but it's like they don't actually showcase the talent. They just showcase yeah. who's the most popular, who's the most popping. Like, and that's not fair. Like, like I remember this one time at the Grammys, I think this was like the 2013 Grammys or something for best rap album. This uh, dude named Macklemore and Ryan Lewis won for the heist out of Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City, Kanye West's Yeezus, Magna Carta from Jay-Z. And of course, nothing was the same, but my spirit animal Drake. But it's like, damn, what's up with Sean? All these black artists. And then y'all just gave this one dude who I don't, who I never even heard of up until the awards. Say one more song. Say that one more song. Macklemore. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. That's the group. I mean, yeah, I heard one song, but it's like, out of all of them, it's like yeah. you gave. And I think I only know one song from Macklemore. Two people out of that category are like literally considered legends in the hip hop industry. Really, you? Really? I don't think it gets any better than at this time, at least, somebody like Jay Z. And so, to to consider all of the other nominees and then choose Macklemore, who, in my opinion, shouldn't even be counted as a rapper is he's not easy to me yeah. they always nominate people that they they know people are going to get excited for so that they'll watch it just to <laughs> let people down yeah. that's what they do all the time they'll put some big performance that everyone's been waiting for at the very end of the show so people will sit and watch it yeah. i remember last year I can't remember what award show it was, but for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm a big BTS fan. I have been since they debuted in like 2013 and their music is really good. You should listen to it. But they were nominated for the best group, not the best duo, not the best feature, the best group. You know who won? Who? Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. Although I didn't really like their song, I recognize that a lot of people did, but yeah. they're not a group. Right, they're a duo. It was just a duo that they did that one time for that one song. So yeah. it baffles me that they were nominated for something they didn't even qualify for. Yeah. There are tons of other groups out there who are still making music like Five Seconds of Summer or people like BTS. Or, you know, anyone else. Yeah. They could have been nominated for a best duo, but right. that just didn't make any sense to me. And on top of the fact that they they just like it was I can understand if they made like a full album, but it was one sing it was a single. It was rain so, on me. Exactly. It was rain on me. So it doesn't make sense how these award shows set those kinds of things up just to let people down. They know what they're doing because they put these kinds of performances last and they, they you know, include all of these different artists that they know people like just so that they can give 
the trophy or whatever to somebody else. Yeah. They do all of that for view counts. They don't do it because they enjoy the music. They don't do it because they want to congratulate those who are part of the project. They do it so they can make money. Right. And and when it comes to like sitting through the whole performance to see the whole show to see this one performance, and I'm going to say this real quick because we got three minutes left. I remember this one time, I think it was like the 2016 BET Awards, Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar performed uh, Freedom. And I was, mm-hmm. of course, y'all know I'm a Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. And then when it ended, ended I was like, okay, next channel. Like, I got my satisfaction, you know? And they know that people do that. So they start putting stuff at the end. They put, um, like, Chloe's performance in this last VMAs, they put that at, um, like, the near end. They played all of the artists that I didn't want to hear or listen to at the very beginning. Nobody wants to listen to Camila Cabello or Shawn Mendes. I, I don't care. I don't care about them. I'm trying to see Normani and um chloe and they knew that so they decided to put them close to the end so that i would have to stick around for those two hours yeah i still didn't right i I didn't either i just saw the highlights but uh i just watched it on youtube exactly now we have two minutes left any final thoughts on this topic this country is grossly irresponsible with the way that they handle their annual traditions and they don't put people in front of profit. They don't ever consider how, you know, an event might affect other people or they don't, they don't consider other ways to present the event. And so they block out other things that could be more important for things that don't really matter that much other than the fact that it makes them money. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. America is mainly on profit. But uh, all right, you guys, thank y'all for watching the 1025 podcast. I'm Jordan, along with Kristen and Ayana. We'll see you next time. Peace.